And now Jim and I are going to read together the word for the day. This comes from John 3, 1 through 17. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, and he came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Very truly I tell you, no one can see, see the kingdom of God without being born from above. How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can these things be? Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here ended the reading. Hope you got it, Nicodemus. <laughs> so what is born of the Spirit is Spirit. One of my greatest concerns in this world is that people do not take the Spirit seriously. We don't acknowledge it for the strength and the power it provides us to work through this world which is never meant to be easy. We think we can do it with our minds or with our health. We exercise. We take personal days to take care of our mind. We, we strategize and think. We build 10-year plans. We have council meetings. We use our minds as though our minds are our spirits. Wrong. They're not. Your brain 
Your mind is just as physical as the rest of your body. The only thing that goes beyond physical body, beyond this world that you have, is your spirit. Remember the song that, now of course it went, Simon and Garfunkel said, I'm an island, you know? We are within our spirits, feeling alone so much of the time. Meister Eckhart, who was a mystic from around the 10,000, 1,000, B.C. or A.C. after Christ, anyway, sorry, said, what gives something a being? What makes something alive more than a tree, more than grass? It's like a caterpillar climbing to get to the top of the wall. It has a destination, it has a plan, and it goes, that is spirit, that is life. Now, many of us deal with physical impairments, don't we? And we can see them. We break our arm, we see it. We break our hip, we see it. As we go older and we're more unsteady on our feet, we can see it. When we're in pain, it shows on our face. We are all very familiar and very accepting of our bodies being ill. But what about our minds that we think somehow is spirit? Are we as accepting of mental illness or just mental differences? I have ADHD makes it very hard to work with me. I don't work with the normal business plans. I tend to laugh a lot. Throw out a joke at a time when maybe everybody's feeling serious. I'm as impulsive as they come. And I have made so many mistakes from being lively and carefree and impulsive that I have probably embarrassed thousands of people. And Jim, who's known me for 20 years, can tell me that's true. I know it. Because I've done it to him more than once. I am sorry, Jim. But I have liked you. I only really do that to people I like. I have always tried to say that my ADHD was something that I could overcome with my magical spiritual mind. That is not true. My spirit is meant to use my mind the way it works. Truth is, I don't have the endorphins in the front part of my brain the way that most people have. Actually, this part's a little smaller. Kind of like my station tubes that make it more difficult for me to hear. And I had lots of hearing impairments as a child because I had small station tubes. I am wired differently. And I 
pledge to you, I no longer am going to try to hide it. Because this is how God created me. This is how God means to use me. And he can't or she can't use a person who's hiding the very talents and gifts. But I do have to manage it. I can't go around embarrassing Jim for the rest of his life. <laughs> or others. I need to make sure that I have some kind of centering. Remember when I was here last, when we had Kay preaching, and she talked to us about being followers, being sheep means to be followers, and our shepherd leads, and we need to learn to follow, and not be like cows who have to be herded and kicked in the hiney. I'm not sure that's how she said it, but that's kind of how I think about it, because when you go to chase cows, you know where they do. They get going, and then they come and bunch in a herd. But she said, sheep, follow. That's what sheep do. When you have a different mental inside, and when you are dealing with you, the specialness of you, and that includes the thing part that makes mistakes in your brain and the part with your brain that does amazing things, your spirit is there to center you. My secret to my ADHD truly has been centering, of knowing the spirit within me. I have been able, for the most part, to be a very professional pastor and a very professional chaplain. But that's because I know spirit. I have been born again. And I mean by born again does not mean that I can recite to you that I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior, therefore I'm going to heaven. As a, some kind of a badge or a proof. I mean born again means that my spirit is active and well. And there is that still small voice within me that says breathe Judith. I am here. Follow me. But I've got a spiritual toolkit that helps me. And that's what my job as chaplain has always been about. And that's what my job as a minister who is going to go out into the world and make a new path for all of us pastors so that we can be where God wants us to be without feeling like we've got to be employed somewhere. I have the toolkit. In my toolkit are things like there's this amazing app on the smartphones for meditation. Did you know that? Oh my gosh, if you have problems sleeping at night, get that app. Before they actually get down, you relaxing down to your toes, you're asleep. Or during the day, becoming invigorated. There is, of course, breathing. Lots of different methods of breathing. But I want to take you further. I want to take you into what you are already doing because I am looking at sheep, not cows, today. Am I not? Followers, people who know they have the spirit. 
I am thinking that each and every one of you has a toolkit that you use. Something that keeps you centered. Maybe it's a walk in the woods. Maybe it's playing the piano or making music. Maybe it's picking up the phone and talking to a dear friend who knows you better than anybody else. Or maybe it's reading your Bible or coming to church knowing you're going to be centered here for the week. There's all kinds of ways in your toolkit that you are keeping yourself centered. But there are even more tools out there. And that's what the church is about, is to share our tools with each other. So yes, you've got it. I promised Jim we will do a dialogue again today. And I'm going to pair you guys up into pairs. And I want to keep it fairly simple. So what I'm going to do is, is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on that side. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Everybody go across the aisle and find a new pair. You have to get up and move and find a pair. Somebody that you, and I don't care if you know them or not, just somebody you feel comfortable with, but not somebody you know. Okay? Go. Very good. Now that you're in groups, I want you to share your toolkits. Start with, the first thing I want you to share is, when you're feeling frazzled, anxious, and nervous, what do you do to find peace? <laughs> okay, everyone. So did you, find, did you find the tools? Did you find that you could share those tools? Now, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to visualize some very, very special place. A soothing place. A place you like to be. Okay. Now, in that place, I want you to imagine Jesus walking up to you. And he's holding something. A present Okay, and he's handing you the present, and I want you to open that present up. And when you have, I want you to share with each other what's in that present. Now, some of you may not have been able to visualize something, so you can. It's all right to just imagine what would be in that present. Okay, all right. When you're ready, you can share with each other. Could you do? Okay, now we're ready for the very last question. One that Jim and I both came up with together. Could your spiritual toolkit help others? How would you share it with others? Because my friends, that's evangelism. Not going and telling everybody about Jesus Christ, but helping people use the spirit, their spirit, to bring balance into their lives. So could, how would you use your spiritual gifts to help others? All right, everyone. 
at you guys. So, <laughs> what, if anything, did you learn that you want to share with all of us? Anything? Nothing? And not a bad thing, not a judgment. If it's all so precious that it just needs to be with you guys, let's leave it there. Don't worry. The, you can, can you feel right now this room? You feel it? That tells us everything. Amen.